If you're an education leader or visionary for improving our school mental health system, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Charlie Peck, keynote speaker and school mental health consultant. Make sure you download our free school mental health audit at thrivingeducator.org forward slash audit to assess your current system with your mental health team. Now that's thrivingeducator.org forward slash audit. Make sure you pick that up. All right, let's get started with today's episode. Hi, this is Charlie Peck with the Thriving Educator Podcast, and we have John Conan today. We're going to talk about bullying in this series still, and I cannot wait to share this information because it's about having a guide to actually follow to combat bullying and then prevent it. And of course, we need that in our schools to improve mental health for everybody involved. John, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Charlie. I'm excited to uh, to be with you. I've watched your stuff and uh, excited to actually get to see you and talk with you face to face. Yeah, it's nice when we can do that, isn't it? It, it just deeper or it personalizes everything, demystifies exactly. everything. Yes. Yes. That we see online. Okay, so let's talk about why you came up with this whole bullying prevention guide and what's your background that led you to where you're doing the work now that you're doing. Oh, great question. Um, I obviously am in education, but uh, I also uh, write and blog for uh, teacher.org. And uh, the uh, my editor that was uh, edits a lot of stuff that goes on there, uh, he and I were both compelled to uh, do something, uh, man, after um, so many incidences in school with, uh, with school shootings. And uh, uh, the one that prompted us was the one in Connecticut, uh, obviously, uh, the, the really shocked, I think, the nation after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, we got to do something. He goes, now, I know you've been writing a lot about, um, you know, social, emotional well-being and mental health and and uh, you have strategies that teachers and administrators can use. He goes, let's, let's create a guide. Let's, let's write a guide that goes with it and kind of give some um, practices or some understandings that that people can put into uh, play and, and implement right away. And so uh, working with him and uh, also working uh, with, with my ex-wife as well on this, she is uh, was pretty phenomenal on uh, working with students uh, with uh, mental health issues. Uh, we both basically decided, let's start writing down all the practices that we see, um, some of the universal understandings that we have within our w- within our school systems, that if we put a majority of these in place, uh, we're gonna have a better chance for, for combating bullying. And so that's kind of what we called it. We called it the um, Educator's Guide to Combating Bullying and Bully Prevention. Yeah, it is so important. I'm going to ask you a question that's going to make me sound jerky, and I don't mean it like that at all. I want your, I want your listeners to really understand this when they're hearing you. Why should they listen to you and the team who put this together? Oh, that's great. Um, well, one of the things we when we put stuff in place, we wanted to make sure that uh, we had some data behind it. Like, does this actually work? Like, when you put stuff in place. Uh, do you have your behavior referrals go down? Uh, specifically, when you get into that data with uh, with behavior, how about bullying? What type of bully behaviors are you seeing? Have you seen a decrease in that? And uh, so I was lucky enough to be in, a, in an unbelievable school where we were able to put so many of these practices and understandings in place. And uh, it, it became magical uh, in this school. And it's almost like a 
would I hate to say utopian because we still had things that that popped up and and it changes right uh just since the writing of this guide and some of the stuff I've dealt with uh on social media and the internet uh I would I would go back and rewrite um sections or add sections to this and and hopefully that's what this guide is is like this is just a foundation but man we're going to need to continue to look at at this going forward uh, probably, you know, forever. And, and we can just keep adding different types of practices and understandings in here um, to, to really work on that environment where our kids and our community and everyone feels safe. Yeah. I mean, you guys have used it in practice. That's what I love about it. And so what, what were you seeing in the school before that you're not seeing as much of now? Oh, wow. Well, so I've changed three school districts. And so uh, I kind of worked my way up, uh, um, was a superintendent and now I'm back to a, to a high school principal again. And I'm, I'm in a school that uh, I'm only 18 months in and I've been able to use this guide to say, hey, here's the practices that we have and understandings that we have, but we have a long ways to go. And so trying to implement those and put those back in place. Um, so some of the things that I think that we saw uh, were a whole lot on, lot on the positive side. Uh, we have we saw more people standing up for other people because that's a big component of this bully prevention guide is is how do we create defenders and how do we create people that that can step in we know adults especially in schools can't be in every single conversation and and, and monitor everything that's going on online it's just there's no way that we can do that right and so what we have to do is is create a community that that uh doesn't put up with it and, and teaches students and uh, even adults how to step in, step up and stop bullying from occurring. And so, um, man, I think that's probably the thing we've seen the most is, is the environment changes. It's not so much about how the consequences you have. Been a lot of school districts and connected to them where they they continue to add more and more rules and consequences for for bullying and that's that's great that's one component of it but man there are so many other sides to this that that we have to put in place in order to get it to to decrease yeah that is huge i am so grateful that you focus on that the defenders it is it's a shift in culture and the thing is i think people do want to stand up for other people but they don't know how to do that but they yeah. don't right and and so when you give them specific practical tools that they can actually put into place then they have that confidence and then they'll do it. It's like doing a presentation. If you don't know how to do it, you're going to be scared to death to do it. But this, you give tangible, um, really actionable things to do. And so I love that you not only pull in staff and adults that surround our kids, you are putting kids in place to support other kids. That is a whole transformation of culture. So yeah. tell me what you hope to see as you said, you're in this for 18 months now, what do you hope to see down the road and say a couple of years if you implement this plan? Oh, great question. So um, <clears throat> I've always believed as a educational leader of uh, empowering our students to be leaders and we can find students uh, that want to lead in so many different ways. Um, for example, I have uh, one student uh, at my current high school uh, who sees some of the culture pieces, then she wants to change it. And so her senior project, uh, which is pretty cool in our English program, we have senior projects and they have to be legacy projects. I love that idea that it has to be something that you put in place that hopefully can go on you know, forever. That's awesome. And uh, she's doing uh, a huge kindness board 
And so this is at the high school level, right? I've seen a lot of this done at the elementary and I've been in the elementary as a principal for a lot of years where we do uh, different things where we're recognizing people for acts of kindness, right? Uh, at the high school level, it's gonna be completely different. Um, we, have a, we have a board that's going up the second semester and, and uh, she and uh, a series of students from her National Honor Society group are gonna be monitoring this board, but they're gonna, um, uh, they, they want people to uh, acknowledge the great things that are going on in our school and find acts of kindness and people doing great things. It's a way to celebrate other students. And in fact, um, we're going to encourage students to celebrate the adults in the school too. And then we're going to encourage the adults to celebrate the students that are going on by writing messages and leaving, on, leaving them on a huge board. Our high school is about 700 students and we have, a, we have an area where this board is going up where um, it's it's the busiest area within our school. And so we're hoping people walk by there, see what's going on, stop, write a message, read a message, um, share that information. And then we have a, a morning YouTube channel that uh, we use for morning announcements. And um, we will be uh, reading some of those uh, off and putting them, you know, after students have acknowledged that they're okay with us sharing it. But, uh, you know, if, if there's specific names, but um, we're going to share a lot of that uh, online too. And so we're kind of spreading it to make it a little more contagious. And that, that's kind of the key to all of it too, is like we can teach kids to be defenders, but we have to make it um, contagious. Like other people want to do it. As soon as they feel good about um, knowing that they have some tools and some words that they can use to help stop it, um, man, when you empower kids to lead, um, like with this girl that's putting up this kindness board, man, you got to go with it. We have to find other ways that we can continue to keep putting all those uh, positive behavior intervention supports out in the forefront. That's awesome. It truly is that contagion is important because we see that negatively all the time. So why not do that in a positive way? So good, good point there. And what do you do with those kids? You're kind of those awkward kids who really struggle. I mean, to, to find their voice, how do you um, encourage them to do that and find their courage? Oh, that's great. Good question. So I've uh, been lucky enough to be trained several years with, uh, um, to me, it's I'm not putting a, a plug in for a specific company, but it sure started the conversations is the Olveus program and the Olveus Bully Prevention Program that so many districts across the, the nation have put into place. It's definitely how you implement it and how deep you go, but um, it has a huge component of teaching kids how to step in, step up, and stop bullying and being able to um, use their words and, and practicing. Um, that's one of the components. There's six components in my in the guide that I have. One of them is, um, one of the huge components is, is actual instructional lessons that, that you choose. Um, it's not so much which program you choose within it, like I talked about all this, but it's the fact that you have a program that you do to stop bully prevention and, and uh, you create uh, lessons that are taught by teachers in engaging ways, like they might teach content and have students practice it. And then, uh, you know, your, your goal of how well you implement your program is if you walk around your school and you start hearing the language and you start seeing students step up and doing this, or you stop a situation and you model, hey, remember when we were taught, you know, this, here's some words you can use uh, to do it. Or they might say the wrong thing that might be demeaning to somebody to get it stopped. And uh, we can stop in and say, hey, 
great way to try to stop this. Here's some language that you can use, right? And so it's modeling that language. It's uh, listening to conversations. It's watching what's going on in our hallways, in our school, outside of our school, uh, and actually teaching our community about what we're teaching our students too. I think that's a huge component. That is huge because they can be a part of it and everyone has the same common language. That is essential. And have you actually witnessed people like, other students and staff members using that language and stepping in. Have you witnessed that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Especially when we were doing Oveas, uh, we started, it, it was it was a push. It was like because I understand. Um, in one point of my career, I went from a principal back to a teacher, and then um, I understood how much stuff administrators or school districts are putting on the teachers. It's just one more thing on their plate. But like I said, uh, and, and what people have told me is like, this is going to actually give you more instructional time. If we start um, dealing with some of this behavior in a proactive way, uh, you're not going to be dealing with so much coming in from the playground or coming in from the hallways or other places online uh, because you have a lot of these things uh, put in place. And so it might take some time up front because you have to do all the instruction and, and create that culture. Uh, but you're you're hopefully going to get time back. And so it's one more thing on a teacher's plate are these instructional lessons. Uh, but I tell you what, um, man, nothing more impactful than having a teacher, a really you know great teacher teaching this content with our kids. Can you get every teacher to teach this content? Is this for any teacher or do you actually select specific teachers? <clears throat> oh, it should be. Yeah, it, it's got to be a collective e e efficacy. Sorry, I have a hard time saying that sometimes. But um <laughs> You know, John Hattie talks about the, the number one um, strategy uh, in schools, uh, in a system, is that collective efficacy and the fact that people are all um, on the same page with the same goal and putting it all in place. Then what do you do with those teachers who do not buy in and who push back then? Because right. that does happen. You <laughs> are. And, and unfortunately, you have, you have those teachers that... that that don't buy in that believe it's not their job, right? But I mean, I've had lots of conversations with with uh, with teachers that said, you know, parents should be doing this. And I'm like, I agree, they should be too. Mm -hmm. But man, we have them, you know, for six to eight hours a day. Uh, that's got to be part of our part of our system also. Uh, unfortunately, where I'm at in Montana, we were one of the late adopters to a lot of the bully prevention stuff across the nation. Um, you know, about it's almost ten years ago now we started seeing all these states putting in laws uh, into uh, on, on bully prevention being part of their um, uh, school systems across the nation. And Montana was kind of a late adopter of, of that. But the district I was in, uh, which was Great Falls Public Schools, was uh, was an early adopter of, of putting a program in place to actually counteract that. And so um, lucky enough to to find that uh, professional development that, of which with Oveas and then uh, of course, as administrators and district leaders, and um, we got a lot of our teachers involved at the ground level to to help buy in to understanding the impactful nature that this program could have. And uh, man, it's it's about getting on the bus. We're going to have people that don't get on the bus, but we're going to keep going and moving forward. And and uh, it, it slowly matriculates out if those people that, that don't want to do it, they start seeing the impact. And so it's kind of what I've been doing the last 18 months here as well. We've started a positive behavior uh, intervention systems tier one level at the high school level where we are recognizing kids, uh, our high school's um, CFHS. So you have character, focus, honor, and strength. And so teachers every two weeks have to find at least one student that is 
exhibiting that and they write it down and they uh, put their name on it as well. And they turned in for a drawing. Every two weeks we do a drawing for a local community um, gift card. And then on top of it, the, the teachers actually get cash uh, uh, for that if their name, if their card is pulled. And then uh, we mail them all home. And so we've mailed um, over 800 um, uh, acts of, of kindness this year. And wow. like I can tell you, we, we are over 125 discipline referrals less than we had last year. Hello, middle-level educators. Are you looking for a nationwide type of conference at the fraction of the cost? The North Carolina Association for Middle-Level Education welcomes you to Charlotte, North Carolina, March 24th through the 26th for the 2024 NCMLE Inspire Conference. My name is David James, NCMLE Marketing and Conference Director, and I want to personally invite you to our annual conference. You will not want to miss our keynote and featured speakers that leads over 120 middle-specific teaching and learning sessions. Our featured lineup includes EDU experts from across the country, such as principal and leadership expert Baruti Kafele, Darren Peppard, LaQuanta Nelson, Zach Bowermaster, and the host of this podcast, educational expert Charlie Peck. The NCMLE Inspire Conference is for everyone. Go to ncmle.org to register your team for the 2024 NCMLE Inspire Conference today. Oh and my so, gosh. That's and that's impact. measurable. That's so measurable. Right. And then and, and then you can, you bring it back. You bring that data back and you keep talking about that data on what we can do. And uh, once a month, we have our MTSS, our multi-tier systems of support team meetings. And we bring that data out and we talk about that data. And we talk about how many, uh, like we call them positive referrals too, like those cars that go home. How many do we have of those? And then we start talking about, well, man, there's going to be times that we notice in our data that like coming up here where we had more referrals last year in the month of February, what are we going to do? And so kind of put those questions back onto, onto our team and our staff. And they're like, well, we probably should write more tickets, find more kids that, that week. And I said, that'd be great. Let's see if we can counteract it. And so um, those are some things that we're bringing to our whole staff here in our next big staff meeting that we, that we have. And so um, I think going back to your question, it's it's talking about the data, uh, celebrating uh, the, the parts or the components that you have in it to get people to, to buy in. Yeah, that's I'm glad you're covering all that because it is a systemic shift we need to make. So let's say I'm a principal or a superintendent or a district leader, and I'm I want to do something. I want to prevent bullying, but I don't have the capacity right now to roll out a program or do all of this kind of PD. What is one thing that everybody can start doing in their district or in their school tomorrow to start preventing bullying? Great question. Um, I think recognizing the behaviors that we do want, right? Uh, putting that system in this year, I think, was one of, is one of our first steps. Uh, when I look at all of the 151 um, practices and understandings in the guide, uh, I feel like that's one of the first most impactful things that uh, an administrator can do. How are you recognizing your positive behaviors? Uh, if you don't have a positive behavior uh, referral system of somehow of, of getting, uh, recognizing the great behaviors and then connecting it through your parents within your community that the, you are recognizing these things, uh, I think I think that's a great place to start because it, it does get so contagious. Um, and it's interesting, you were talking, we were talking about buy-in, right? 
And so on the data that I would push out um, every every two weeks or so, whenever we had a drawing, and then we start over with that drawing every two weeks with those referrals, I mean, those positive uh, behavior cards going home, uh, I would track, um, since the teacher's name's on them, I track the teachers that were, were doing that. That's my data to track. Awesome. Uh, but one of the things I put on all the data going out was like, um, 21 people um, have not done our program yet. 19 people have not done our program. Uh, 15 people have not done our program. The last time I sent one out, so this is just started this year, right? We're halfway through the school year as of Monday. And uh, I was down to, down to one person that has not done the program, has not tried to find students that are, are doing. So obviously mm -hmm. it takes a little, little coaching from an administrative standpoint, like you actually have to go have some have some conversations, but those cards, uh, we have the data to show that, it, that it's working. And uh, the other piece of it is, um, man, uh, you're going to have people that don't buy in and you got to have those, you got to have those hard conversations. Hey, tell me what you're doing to combat, um, you know, what's going on in our school or how, how are you recognizing the positive things going on? Um, and sometimes it's probably got to be written into a person's plan of improvement if they um, are, are not willing to, to participate and see the, the benefits of what we all are doing together. Mm -hmm. Just knowing that teacher, and of course you won't do anything to identify that teacher, but knowing that particular teacher, what do you think is holding that teacher back from doing anything with the program? Well, this teacher um, is in four different schools. So it's a person that, that rotates a lot, right? Okay. And so um, I understand how busy this person is and how they rotate between the, between the schools with the, with the job that they have. Um, but um, it, that's just something that, um, you know, have individual conversations on. So. And okay, so then as a leader, how do you make that process super easy for them so that it's, it's something that they will do? It's just like foolproof. How do you make that easy? Okay, good question. Because uh, I have people asking like, oh, you put a lot of time into that. I'm like, well, we we put time into what we um what we believe in and what 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 are what you want the culture to be right so um I have these cards back either right I have one right here yeah let's see it just a it's a bleed blue ticket oh yeah it's already right now yeah. yeah you you uh, you put the name on top you circle yeah. whether it's character focus honor or strength you write down two sentences about what they did what what did you see the teacher name goes on it. And then I already have it, so it can be mailed out. I have our address on the back. We put oh. a, we put the sticker from a student on there. Yeah. Uh, after they get turned in, I put them into my into my spreadsheet that I collect of all these. I have you know eight eight hundred some um, uh, of these blue tickets that we call them in there, and uh, I have them organized. I uh, a lot of the teachers wanted to know what other teachers were finding out in our school, and so uh, one two week period. Because um, usually I just did the name and um, the, the the name and the, the the thing we're working on character focus on our strength um, and I didn't write down the the reason why right so because that's a lot of typing and I I didn't want to type that out for all of them like I, I already put a couple hours into this every two weeks but it's been paying off mm -hmm. uh, but I did for one two week period I wrote down every single thing that was said like over a hundred in one week that we had. Uh, of what other teachers were finding within our school. So it also gave teachers examples of stuff that they can go out and to find uh, within our school. Uh, on top of them, then we read some of these in the mornings on our on our YouTube channel. So so not only do staff 
get to hear what's going on, but students get to hear what what's what they can do to that uh, teachers are finding for um, that that positive behavior piece. So pretty easy piece. Like you uh, you know print these off. I put these in um, every two weeks. I go and put a, a couple of them in in teachers' mailboxes so they have them. I keep reminding them that the like today I have to remind them that our our next um, drawing will be next Monday. And uh, it's been great. Businesses have come forward. It started with my assistant principal and I, we actually um, donated money to the program itself. So uh, we wanted teachers to get something too. And so we donated uh, a couple hundred dollars cash so we can give cash to, to teachers. Um, obviously it turns, when it turns into salary, you have to, you have to tax it. And so mm -hmm. we decided to, to donate money from our own money to be able to, to put forward to that so we can uh, give teachers um, to 10 bucks, you know, if, if they win. So, and kind of a, another little incentive uh, for them to, to do that. We take pictures, celebrate it on social media. I mean, there's a whole other component to this piece of it, of, of telling your story that, that goes along. That's also in the practices and understandings in, in the bully prevention guide about telling your story, uh, about um, how to, um, how you create a buzz around it and how you make it um, really, um, contagious for everyone to do. Yeah. And that is a big piece of it. So if you're a leader and you want to start this, you have all of that in the guide already for you to get that started. And I'm wondering when you are compiling that information, do you find that a lot of the same students are, are getting recognized? And if so, what do you do about that? You know how that goes in a building, right? Yeah. Uh, that's a good thing about putting it into a spreadsheet because then you can sort it by so many different ways. Right? right. So I sort it by teachers and find out which teachers are really, you know, working hard at, at finding them. And um, but there's sometimes I'll have, I'll have teachers that will do 10 or 12 students in, in two weeks. Then I have some people like my minimum for everyone is I said, you need to find one person that's minimum. Uh, we set a goal to begin the year of, of doing a thousand, right. We're halfway through and we have 800 written. So awesome. we're going to, definitely break my goal uh, because I, I just did some quick multiplying at the beginning of the year. We have uh, 71 staff members and we're going to do uh, 18 drawings and we did some quick multiplying and found out that if everyone wrote one every two weeks or so, we would be able to break the thousand goal. And so that's, mm -hmm. that's how we set that thousand and it's mm -hmm. been way, it's going to be way over beating that, that, that challenge, which is going to be great. Yeah. So, and, and I would imagine that we have, there's probably language or direction you give teachers to kind of recognize that one kid who doesn't get any recognition for anything. The athletes, you know, are, they they know how to shine and the club leaders and all of that. What do you tell them about those other kids who don't get any kind of recognition ever and, and how to um, approach that? Yeah, so great. And that that's kind of our next step too. Um, so I can also start, start by student. And so I have uh, set up in my spreadsheet, um, all the students that have received one so far and organized by their last name. And then on my right side of mine uh, sheet, I have all the students in the school. And now I can go back and compare which students, <laughs> which students have um, been acknowledged and which ones haven't. And so that way we can uh, go back and help, help target some of those students and say, hey, it looks like we need to find, um, you know, let's find something with this kid coming up. And so it's going to be a little bit different. I've done this at the elementary level before when we've done, um, uh, used to do, uh, we call them dirt tickets, doing doing the right thing tickets. And uh, uh, we would find kids that, that hadn't received any. And uh, we would, you know, it's a lot easier at the elementary to do that. High school, you know, a kid goes through seven different teachers in a day and uh, uh, which 
in my mind, I've had, now I have seven different options where uh, mm -hmm. seven different people can find that. But obviously it's a little bit harder at the high school because they are changing classrooms and, uh, and, and a, a teacher may have 120 to 150 students on their, on their caseload during the day. And so mm -hmm. it does make it a, a little bit uh, more difficult. So mm -hmm. it'd be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. It always broke my heart when people said I couldn't like on the report card, we did reporting and people would say, I can't find one good thing to say about this kid. Oh. Right. And and I get it. Listen, I get it. There's some kids who just get under some teachers. I get that. And they're not doing well academically or whatever, but this is a really great way to teach them how they can find something, one thing good about a kid. Right. right. Yeah. So I like that. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything left in the guide that you'd like to share that we haven't covered so that people know? Sure. So six components of the of the bully prevention guide. We've talked about already a little about the instructional lessons and finding a program that fits and works for your district. We've talked about the parent and community components. There is a huge piece of that 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 has to be pushed out. Um, unfortunately, as an administrator and teacher, uh, a hard thing to talk about sometimes is the fact that um, once you identify a student that uh, has repetitive bully behavior. Uh, you start meet, possibly meeting with that parent and you start realizing, oh, mm -hmm. yes, yes. And That's so mm -hmm. um, those are kind of the hard pieces of, yeah. of that parent and, and community component. But again, using your data, using your strategies, uh, using what it looks like. Um, man, I've really tried to get away from a parent calling in saying, hey, this student is bullying another student. And I said, well, Man, bullying looks so many different ways. And so we got to stop using the word bullying and like talk about the, the specific behavior that we're seeing. Yeah. What behavior are we seeing? What is the repeated uh, piece or component? Uh, is there an in, imbalance of power between the students? Um, tell me more about the uh, bully behavior that we're seeing and not just classifying it all as bullying because man, all of it isn't bullying. Some of it is just mean people back and forth and and there isn't that imbalance of behavior and, and it pops, possibly isn't repeated all the time too. So there's this huge education component that we have to do as school districts uh, with our parents and our community members um, to let them know about what we're dealing with. And it has to be ongoing and continuous. It's like you can't can't say, well, back in you know 2016, we really did this with our parents and our community. Well, it's got to be it's got to be every year. It's got to be stuff that you talk about all the time. So that's the second component. Third component is the ongoing professional development. How are you tying your professional development back to uh, these 151 practices and understandings? How are how are you finding the professional development that you need? Um, this really goes back to having savvy leaders of understanding. Um, not, I'm not just talking about administrative leaders. I'm talking about teacher leaders too, about finding the professional development that is going to be most impactful for the, for the whole school and for the whole district. And so um, that, that's another component that you could go dive into how deeply and what types of, of, uh, of uh, professional development um, you know, works best and what fits in your community. And then uh, the third one is the actual resources and materials. Like we actually have to have, um, as a district, best practices and resources that we can use so teachers can um, use them with students, but also research. And uh, really talking about what, what we believe in as a district or, or as a school and saying, hey, here's some of the, of the best practice. Here's some of the, the researchers that, that uh, have really studied a lot on, on bully prevention specifically or mental health or social emotional learning. 
that we really feel like um, um, work within our community and that we believe in and uh, having those accessible. And then the last one is what we actually do. Like we have to have some things that we actually put into place. What are our practices and our protocols that we have uh, to help report and stop bullying? And so through those uh, components, um, I really believe that we can um, at least give it a better chance of, of being able to, to stop it and educate people and create an environment where people want to show up to work and learn every day. Yeah, it sounds like every single school and district could benefit from this. I love this. I love the guide. I love the materials. We do need the resources. So that is awesome. Is it a big investment to get the actual guide? Free. The guide is free? It is. Oh my gosh, John. Where do people get that? Really? Yeah, it's on, on teacher.org backslash resource backslash, backslash bullying. And uh, I'll put that, I'll give that link to you too. And it's a, it's an online guide. So it's a little different. It's not like in a, in a book format. Uh, it's written um, article after article. So you can pull an article out. Uh, so for examples, and I, uh, I, I would, so I number these practices, understandings, one through 151, right? And so each of the articles break it down by topic. And so we have questions that go with it. Like uh, I'm looking at the first one, six steps to address bullying when it occurs, nine strategies we can teach students to problem solve, seven strategies to raise a defender, uh, proactive victims and seven practices for victory, um, our school-wide philosophy on relationships, um, 13 ideas to combat bullying at the community level, six of the most hideous cyberbullying tactics used by students. Obviously, that, that's the one that I go back and like add to and change some of the things I've seen just since I've written this guide. Uh, 11 communication strategies to combat bullying, 20 ideas to successfully use bully data. Um, I'm almost done here. Five reasons why strong instruction affects bully prevention. Uh, the number one instruction instructional lesson for all students on bully prevention. Uh, the power of buddy classrooms, 19 ideas to have buddy classrooms, eight ways to teach empathy, 10 ways to empower defenders, uh, nine, nine reasons culture trumps strategy, 10 strategies to build strong relationships, one school-wide strategy, uh, a kindness campaign. That's another one. So that's kind of what I'm doing with, uh, with uh, if, if you think about it, um, with the with the blue, bleed blue tickets in our, our system. And at the end of it, I have a... a, a uh, a bully prevention vocabulary. So many times we have parents and even staff members and students that, that don't understand uh, what some of these are. And it kind of defines, a lot of it comes from other resources that I've pulled from, um, but it, it talks about what each of these uh, words are and components are uh, within the guide that we use um, so much. Um, again, this piece of it, you could add so many new ways of bullying online. It just, it's it's never ending. I, I am, you know, that's one of the things I'm really worried about going forward, not to bring up another topic, is just AI, the artificial intelligence piece and how it's connected to, to bully prevention. I think um, that would be one of my next articles that I would write to, that would go with this guide. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all there, isn't it? I did pull it up and it's there. All that you're saying is all in one spot. It's so simple. And you've got those six components. I mean, if you're a leader right now, you can go right there right now, teacher.org forward slash resource, forward slash bullying. It's so easy. It's there. I'd love that you talk about how we usually are punitive. And yes, there have to be some consequences for behavior here and there, but really for prevention, it's a, it's just a different approach. So 
I know there's more we could go into. We're just going to have people go there, check it out. Can they reach out to you, John? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, so where do they go to reach out to you? Is there uh, a I, website? I am actually a, a public figure now on um, on Facebook, and so um, if you find my name, I'm in, in from Montana, and you can follow me on Facebook. That's probably where I, I put most of my material out to. I'm been off of uh, off of Twitter or X here for a while, uh, and I'm back to using old school Facebook for for pushing out. Um, I'm in so many different groups too, principals, principal, and um, there's a lot of different principals desk. Uh, so I have a lot of different places where I push uh, information out and answer questions and support people. And and I'm getting ideas from other people too. That's one of the things about this job is that we can't stop learning. We got to keep learning from, from other people if we're going to continue to create that uh, fantastic environment for our kids. Right. Well, thank you very much for being here because it's been such good information and very tangible, tangible things that we can start doing immediately. Thank you for being on the show. And if anybody needs to find you, I still have that link in our, um, where our show notes are. So we'll push that out too. Excellent. Awesome. Thanks, John. Did you get your school mental health audit yet? You can get it at thrivingeducator.org forward slash audit. And if you're working on mental health PD planning, check out all the ways we can support you while you're there on our website already. It's just under professional development. And listen, if you found value in today's episode, please share it in your network for those who will benefit. And if you could give it a rating and review it, that would be great. We really appreciate you. Thanks for listening.